Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Finding Self with Jake. I'm your host, Jake Sudnick, and I have a great guest for you guys today, Miss Colleen. Colleen, I'm going to butcher your last name. How do we say it? <laughs> Eschweiler. Eschweiler. Yes. Awesome. Colleen, I'm super excited to have you here today. So we're going to just jump right into things. We've got a lot to talk about. And from anybody who's new here, a lot of what this show covers has been uh, really mental health related, and we've spent a lot of time on anxiety, depression, how that affects people. And Colleen has a specific interest in in not just the mental health aspect, but also body image and a lot of other great things. So before we get too far into all of that, would you mind just giving everybody a little summary, a little get to know you of who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm Colleen Eschweiler. I'm 24. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm currently an account manager at a digital marketing agency. Um, and in my free time, I love to write and read and dance and burp. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, so and, and for uh, just so you're in di the digital account world. How were you, um, how long have you been working at that place? Uh, two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah. Is that right out of college? Yep, right out of college. Ooh, okay, cool, cool, nice. And you, s okay, so this actually is really cool to me because you, I didn't know, so you have an interest in writing as well. Tell me more about that because yeah. I want to know about that part of it. I'm, I oh. love, I'm like a <laughs> hobby writer and mostly it's journaling for me, mm -hmm. but I'd like to know what is your interest in that? Yeah, no, definitely journaling. Um, that's kind of how I make sense of the world and process all my <laughs> big feelings. Um, but in terms of writing, I had a blog forever ago uh, for a couple years. Okay. I know, I know. Um, and so, yeah, kind of just, again, processing a lot of the things that I was learning. Um, but it was more so from a s uh, standpoint of this is what I learned, not this is what I'm currently going through. It wasn't like a journal blog. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that was, uh, you know, a worthy endeavor. But after a while, I just kind of took my writings and moved it over to Instagram um, because, you know, blogs are kind of <laughs> old age at this point. Oh, gosh. Um, now I'm aging myself because I'm thinking, I'm like, man, a blog sounds super cool. I would totally <laughs> read that still. Oh, well, uh, it still exists. <laughs> okay. So, oh, and uh, so I don't know. Did you say your age? How, how old 24. are you? 24. Yep. Tw 24. Mm -hmm. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I'm so I blogged, um, but currently trying to write a book. Ooh, okay. What's Scary the book? What's say. the book about? Uh, well, you'll be surprised. It's about body image. Oh, okay, <laughs> awesome. Okay, so it's definitely yeah. in the self help world. It's mm -hmm. something along that. So, that's. Uh, is this been something that's been a long time interest of yours? Honestly. Yes and no. Okay. Um, definitely in middle school, I thought I was a good writer. So I tried out for whatever, you know, the, <laughs> the writing team. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, didn't make it. So um, hated that, but ended up um, having a really great uh, uh, English teacher in high school who really helped me craft my craft. Nice. Um, and then I kind of took that into um, out of the academic world and into my personal life, you know, in college and the, okay. the journaling and the, the blogging. So kind of recent, but um, cool. yeah, I, I love it. I have a, a strong um, passion for words and I believe they hold weight and we can use them to uh, to better ourselves and other people. I love it. So my last week, uh, my last week's episode, I talked about accountability and new year's resolutions and mm. things like that so with the book do you have like a set out timeline of like how are is it like just beginning has it not started mm. where are we at in this process we are years into it years, years. Okay. okay i know um i uh. part of me i'm a very like go-getter person so yeah. give me a goal and I'll, I'll smash it but give me something creative and give me a timeline and i will like i will shrivel and like melt it's so tough I, it is so tough um and yeah. uh, you know creativity hits you at random points and you have to just follow it uh when it 
when it happens and you can't force it. Um, so I think there's a balance of like diligence and, and sitting down and, uh, you know, writing a little bit every day, but, um, it, it's, it's been years because I wait until the, the creativity comes and then I put yeah. it down when it, when it's time. So, um, yeah, it, don't, no one hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be wild. Well, no, I love that we're talking about it. We're putting it out there cause that'll be one extra little, uh, <laughs> one extra little fire that people might want to read. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, go. I am already excited about it now. Thanks. Let's let's talk a little bit specifically about what's going into this, because from what we talked about very briefly before even getting started here was that you have a story that kind of follows along with this and why this is kind of near and dear to your heart and mm -hmm. something that matters to you. Yeah. So tell me with the whole body image um, subject, how did how did this become important to you in your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as most girls and guys know, um, this kind of um, struggle happens around middle school. You, you, sure. you know, everything's changing and you have crazy hormones and you're emotional and all the things. Um, and so it kind of started back then. Um, okay. And I, uh, I am a dancer. And so a lot of times with dancing comes um, comparison and jealousy. And, um, you know, you're forced to look at yourself in the mirror all the time, you know, and, and rehearsal and whatnot. And so um, you're constantly scrutinizing what you look like. Um, and so there was a lot of just like body insecurities um, that happened in high school. And um, with that came disordered eating and excessive exercise and just thinking that if I could just control um, these inputs, then I would have the perfect output. Yeah. And um, that's just uh, it's true to an extent, but it didn't it wasn't a healthy way to you know yeah. view that. Um, and so uh, pausing the body image, uh, I'll come back to it. But sure. at the same time, I was uh, extremely insecure about uh, my face and what my face looked like. And um, I would constantly hide behind makeup and um, okay. almost like addicted to makeup. I couldn't not go a day without it because I thought that I wouldn't be loved or accepted without it. Oh um, yeah. yeah. And so uh, after high school, I, I went to this camp um, and I, I served for a month um, as a little waitress and running around getting sweaty. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put, I'm going to leave the makeup brushes at home and I'm going to see how I can grow without them at this camp. Um, I'm going with a bunch of strangers. No one knows who I am. Like they have nothing to compare them me to. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was great. It was, it was hard, but um, I did it. It was a whole month. Towards the end of the camp, um, I was asked to share my story on stage in front of all of these campers. 600, wow. 600 of them, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so that's a, that's crazy. Very crazy. Yeah. But I'm a dancer, so I'm like, yeah, put me on stage. This Let's is great. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Um, but I get on stage, and I start panicking because, oh, my gosh, the, the, the light is on me. Everyone can see me for all of my flaws. Everything that I've been trying to hide um, is now for everyone to see. And so in that moment, um, my faith is super strong and, mm. um, God is, is who I lean on in those times. And so I'm like, yeah. Lord, can you help me? <laughs> and, uh, in that moment, yeah, <laughs> in that moment, he's like, Colleen, do you want these campers to leave the room and compare themselves to you and remember, wow, that girl was really pretty. Or do you want them to leave the room and know who I am and what I've done in your life? And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, and that's the goal for every single day. Yeah. It, it's not just when I'm on stage. Is is that should be every interaction with I have, every interaction I have with anyone. Um, so that like really set a new trajectory from then on. Um, I started to spend more time in the morning um, on my heart and what my heart looked like instead of what my face looked like, and um, I started just like caring more about who I was loving and how I was loving them rather than what I looked like while I was loving them. 
Um, and so that new like um, mindset really applied to my body image struggles um, and reminded me that it doesn't matter what my thighs look like. It doesn't matter what my freckles look like or whatever it is that I might be insecure about. Um, the goal is, you know, to love other people and help them know God better. What an incredible message that is. I think that that's so, so important. Now, that hit you at, like, that's that's an emotional time, right? Because you said, yeah. how old were you when this all was going down? So that was 18. That was 18, When okay. I had the camp experience, but from then on, I didn't mm. wear makeup. So it's been six and a half years. Six and a half years. Yeah. How has that changed your life in that experience? Now, because I feel like that is, that is a big, big change. Yeah. And when you talk about societal norms and what people are used to, there's for sure a pressure that mm -hmm. I can imagine women feel very strongly that you have to put on this face every single day. What yeah. is it like to not have... Like to have this change in mindset where you can go out being you, you which <laughs> yeah. is crazy, right? That seems like such an easy I thing. Know. Like, every why doesn't everyone have that? Right. Yeah. Right. But you're right. It's not because there's society and there's um, there's women telling you should look this way. There's men telling you you should look this way. And then there's sure. that voice in your head that's telling you you should look this way. And so um, definitely the first couple of years, I was really, really hard. Um, I didn't even recognize myself when I looked in the mirror. Um, and it was really hard to just have confidence because I felt like a shell of who I had been. Like the mask had been ripped off my face and I was just like laid bare. That's what it felt like yeah, uh, yeah. for all to see. Uh, very <laughs> dramatic. And um, yeah, so it was really hard to recognize myself. And, and I remember being in college and walking through the dining room and just like, I'm a pretty confident person, but yeah. I remember being like, please no one see me. And I just would like keep my eyes down and I would just want to just shrivel into the corner. Oh um, and so it, it, it took a long time for God to like slowly change my heart to understand what is actually important. Um, mm. What are you putting your hope in and what are the things that um, actually matter? And that's loving people and loving him. And sure. if that is what is most important, then does it matter what I look like? And so, um, yeah, the first couple of years really hard, but since then <laughs> it's been so freeing yeah. and just like, uh, I don't know, now when I do put on makeup, if I have a performance or something like that, it almost feels foreign. It feels like, ah, oh, I, I almost like myself without it. At like this now point. you're yeah. like the other way almost feels like pretending now or like it it's like I'm trying to do this thing. A and yeah. I'll tell you now, this is just for everybody listening. I, this is the first time of us actually sitting down <laughs> and meeting. You have a very calming and comfortable and just beautiful mm -hmm. presence when you walk into a room. Thank You're like, you. even talking to you on the phone for a second, I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is a person that I'm going to have a lot of fun talking Thank with. Thank you. So That's I, kind. Having, uh, having that change, that, mm -hmm. uh, uh, that uh, I mean, it's just really, really interesting to me because from – I think it's interesting from like the the male perspective of it because that's something that from a guy's side you never really even experience or might even mm. think about in your mm -hmm. life, right? Like there's not that pressure for guys to have a face to put on. Mm -hmm. And to to think about I I, I think it's I, I hope for anybody listening, my small percentage of male audience it seems to be mostly female. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Power to the ladies for listening. Thank Come you guys. I, I I love it. But <laughs> it's uh, it's such an interesting thing because I think that we as men don't always think about that. And mm -hmm. it's such an important thing for people to feel comfortable because it makes you just more of who you are. Yeah. And that's what, you know, this whole thing is about here is trying to figure out how people can be more of who they are. Mm -hmm. So for people that are struggling with that, I mean, what helped you? I, it, it sounds like faith was something that you were able to lean into mm -hmm. big time. 
But in that period of like changing over, mm-hmm. what helped you stick with that change and know that like this is something I definitely want to do that's important enough to me to do it? Yeah, definitely faith uh, for sure. Kind of fixing my eyes on uh, the things that that mattered to me. Um, but even the people that I was surrounding myself with, um, I don't have a lot of friends who are like overly concerned with their appearance. And so it was, um, you know, it was almost normal of like, yeah, cool, Colleen, like, great, let's move on to something that matter- matters as in your appearance doesn't matter, you know? Um, so surrounding myself with people who are going to cheer me on in that. Um, but I also, I think it's reminding yourself of, um, of the intrinsic value that you have yeah. that is outside of what is reflected back to you when you look in the mirror. Um, and so even like, um, watching the way that you talk to yourself. Um, one, an example of that is I, I have acne and a lot of times, um, I I'm used to talking about it by saying I struggle with acne and like that immediately paints a negative light when acne is just a neutral thing. It's just a thing that you have on your face and There's there it is, right? It's, it's just not a, a str- yeah, right? Yeah, you have to remove the the context of what you're thinking. And exactly. The way it, gosh, that, so it's almost the mental programming side of it, the yes. self-talk. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so whether I'm talking about it to someone else or I'm talking to myself in the mirror, there was one time... Uh, in college, I remember leaving the stall in the public bathroom, seeing myself in the mirror, and my first thought, I even said this out loud because sometimes I talk to myself. Sure. Um, <laughs> and um, Talking to a guy on a podcast who talks to himself like it's, li- <laughs> like it's my job. So don't worry, I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> you can start recording it. You'll have your own show soon. But <laughs> I'm so glad you get me. Um, oh, yeah, exactly. So you get it. And uh, I look in the mirror, and I said, um, I look like a potato. And I, and I was like half kidding because that's what you do when you're struggling is you just make jokes out of it. But at the same time, I I really did feel that way. And I remember in that moment catching myself and saying, I feel as though I look like a potato. Do I? No, I, I look a little off today, but I feel that way. And feelings are finicky and fickle and you cannot base truth off of them. And so if I attach feeling to um, an insecurity, then I know that it's a roller coaster ride that I can ride out. Yeah. Uh, inse- the insecurity isn't truth. Um, so it's even how I talk to myself in that way. And uh, something else that is not answering your question is no, the, the way that I talk about myself um, is, is affecting the next generation. Yeah. So the little girl who I'm babysitting or my niece or you know my friend who's the exact same age is hearing the way that I talk to myself and, and it's like subconsciously programming how she thinks about herself and maybe there's an insecurity in in my head you know let's use acne if there's an insecurity in my head about acne and i'm talking negatively about it um maybe she didn't think acne was bad now all of a sudden she does because i said something not even about her about myself (laughs) and so there's even like hello to all the ladies um we have we have the power to like change the next generation and it starts with how we talk about ourselves that's so that's so interesting when you look at the difference between personal and societal change, right? Because yeah. that is absolutely huge. And I think that there's also this part of, you know, the the attraction part of the th- and I mean attraction and like you attract the things that you think about. Mm-hmm. When your focus is specifically on the negative, the parts that you're struggling with, you start to draw in y- focus to 
you know, the people that would call things out, the external factors, the self factors. Mm -hmm. And did you see a difference when you were able to start changing that self-talk more, when you start changing the actions more, that you attracted different groups of people to you? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's, it's crazy because negativity um, is almost like, um, like mold and when when you give the mold the right environment it just keeps growing yeah. and so if you start to surround yourself with other people who are saying and thinking the exact same ways like it's it's really hard to break yourself away from that and to have anything different than that experience um, so absolutely I, I think that um, it's contagious and that that struggle can go so deep because I my my personal issues have been centered primarily around anxiety and I talk about it a lot but it's also something that I really sympathize with because that is such an uphill battle when you're in a negative space because trying to not think of something negative is like it's like it's like the uh, idea of like oh you know you hear somebody talk about a yellow car and then all you can see are <laughs> yellow cars right like yeah. it's just it floods your brain so mm -hmm. trying to get out of that really that part requires some work. Mm -hmm. It's not something that can just, you know, s uh, maybe some people can snap out of it and they can just, but, but with years and years of programming that we have from, you know, being a young child, like that's a whole side of it that we haven't mm -hmm. even touched yet, right? <laughs> the, the programming you received growing up and like, what were you told? What mm -hmm. did you see in the world? Not even just from your immediate family necessarily, but from your environment you grew up in. Like there's so many things that are going to, factor into that so Absolutely. I, I guess my my thought on that being so when you're talking about body image specifically mm -hmm. and trying to rewrite some of the programming that you've had I mean it's not an overnight thing do you have any like I guess little tips tricks I you gave a couple mm -hmm. like that you said that helped you out along the way as far as like yourself talking and that being an idea when you got into negative spaces do you have any things that were like good reset points for you or you could like okay here's something i can do to rewrite that thought yeah yeah that's a good question i think um for me it started with um reframing the way i saw exercise okay. um and so i think it was very easy for me to uh view my day in terms of food, of what am I going to eat? What did I eat yesterday? And how much do I need to work in order to, quote, work it off? Oh which gosh. is a really negative mindset, and I would not suggest it. Um, so that is labeled as unhealthy to everyone listening. Mm -hmm. um, and so I saw movement as a punishment mm -hmm. for the decisions that I made that day. Ooh. And that is not the case. Movement is a gift, and there's so many people, whether they're – um, they find themselves in a wheelchair or they're 85 and their bones are brittle. They wish that they could move. And for us to take um, take it for granted and to use it as a punishment to, to our bodies and to our minds is so it's so twisted and we're missing out on like one of the greatest joys and gifts that we have yeah. in, in our bodies. And so um, not only seeing the opportunity to move as a gift, but then also the movement itself as a gift. And so, you know, when I'm running or you know doing burpees or whatever mm -hmm. <laughs> i find myself doing um rarely burpees uh, <laughs> i um i if i find myself hating it yeah. i need to stop because then we're in a um, punishment mindset mm -hmm. there's a difference between hating it and 
oh, I'm I'm just feeling tired and I just, you know, I do need to push myself. Yeah. Right. There's still challenge within that, um, but it needs to be a, a challenge out of uh, a life giving challenge, not um, yeah. life depleting. Anyways. Um, so when I'm going that extra mile in that challenge, um, how can I use that time to even um, like thank my body for what it can do? And, you know, the legs that can carry me and the, and the, the feet that <laughs> hate me, but are, are going, you know, the, the extra mile I didn't think it could. Um, so even like gratitude really uh, changed my mindset there. Um, and uh, yeah, and the same goes for food. Why, why do we eat? we eat to fuel ourselves to to do the the work that we need to do and to love the people we need to love and um it's eating's fun and it uh, should be right that's <laughs> right? not something that has to be a a problem and every yeah. every moment doesn't always have to be to be plagued with that thought of oh my gosh I'm doing this mm-hmm. and now I owe something because yeah. I did this right that's that's a difficult thing yeah and and even it got to the point at one uh one time in my life where I was like dreading seeing people because of what I thought I would need to be expected to eat so whether that was a birthday party and you know I know there's gonna be pizza and cake or whatever my my mind was telling me was bad um uh, and so I was missing out on life-giving friendships because I was so afraid of like what that decision would force me to to how it would force me to punish myself later um and that brings me to another point and that is not labeling food as good or bad um carbs ladies are not bad they like (laughs) they are necessary (laughs) they are part of your diet absolutely absolutely and um there are so many um uh good nutrients and things that we label bad um whoever said that you shouldn't eat a lot of fruit uh, crazy listen fruit grew on the tree like eat it (laughs) i don't know um and so don't don't label things as as negative or positive because I think it will just add to the punishment mindset and um, the vicious cycle. It's a it's a tricky place, right? Because there's definitely, uh, and it sounds like you're pretty health focused from what yeah. I'm gathering here. So <laughs> I pretend to be right. No, no, it's <laughs> well, it is yeah. it's, it is an important thing too, right? Because there's this. It's kind of that dance of what level do I need to understand is important for. I think this is the distinguishing factor, and correct me if I'm wrong from your perspective, but I, I, I'm just kind of talking out of what my thought is here. Yeah. When I when I think about like a relationship with food, and s- so you have a little bit of background. This is actually something I haven't talked about a lot. Is one of in probably like my early twenties. I'm 30 years old now. I got really really interested in marathon running i was like way way into it god bless you (laughs) i wanted to like i was all about it and but i also got very very focused on my health and the problem is i I misunderstood what health meant i Mm -hmm. thought i I also was starting to equate it to not necessarily weight loss all of the time but there was part of me that definitely felt like i don't know when you're running you slim down a lot already if you're constantly running five six seven ten miles a day that's very that can happen so for my body type i was already getting there and i wasn't taking care of myself i was Mm -hmm. getting to the point where i got very calorie focused but i wasn't i wasn't running the equation right (laughs) now the point of this is I, i think in having that relationship with food and trying to be like super super focused on every single thing it did make it miserable it Mm -hmm. just made me think about like okay well i can't do this i can't do that i 
it, it was very limiting, I guess. Yeah. Um, when I, I guess what I'm curious about, though, on the other side of that, is there is a part of, I think that I feel like this is an issue more of an art. Have you traveled abroad a lot? Um, not a lot, not but a I lot. have. You yes. have traveled abroad. Have you noticed a difference in food quality when you leave the country? Mm. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I feel like fruit specifically. Yes. But there's something about the another part that is difficult here is that. Yes, food should not be labeled good or bad, but there is also a lot of food that is like there's stuff in it. Like when you get to a more natural and holistic diet, it's much easier to have a, wi- a wide variety of things. Mm-hmm. When you get into very, very chemically heavy things, that can have a negative effect on your body. So Absolutely. how do you how do you sort that out and like knowing that there's a line and having that conversation in a way that's healthy with people where you can talk about it and know that yes, there are still choices that do have some effect maybe not good or bad, like you said, removing some of that language. Are there any things, as far as your thoughts on that, that you can still talk about, you know, keeping health keeping health as important and potentially having mm-hmm. some factor without it being a negative detriment because you're thinking so much about it that it's uh, weighing on your mind to the point where you can't live a normal life? Right, right. Um, I think w- we have to start with how do you define health? Yeah. Um, because it's such a broad, like term that we just toss around yeah yeah. and it looks different for everyone i mean some people are trying to lose weight and other people would Mm -hmm. love to have you know you're talking about marathon running and you're like i don't want to slim down too much and um health isn't this like cookie cutter that we just kind of um manufacture and one size fits all um and and health actually has nothing to do with what you look like Very true, right? right? Because body types are vastly different from Mm -hmm. each person. So I think that that's an important thing that's drawn a lot more focus lately. And I'm I'm happy to see that there are people that can be health conscious and have, you know, within within healthy limits (laughs) and have that nice, like, uh, ability to focus on it, but not be like trying to make your body look like something. That's where it can get negative, right? Because it's not it's. It's kind of funny because I feel like it fits with the personality side of what we talked about a little bit, too. When you start to own who you are as a person, mm-hmm. owning who your body is what it is yeah. is also a really important part of that process. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of the idea that you, you're saying here? Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, health is uh, oh, that definition is always changing. But right now yeah. it looks like balance. And so I think for me, health matters more um the health of my brain matters more the health of my body sure. um, and th- they're connected. Um, but I am unhealthy if I look like, let's say a twig, but my brain is beating me up. Yeah. Um, it, and so I think, <laughs> I think it has to do with, I'm going to wake up every day and I'm going to ask my body, how do you want to move today? Yeah. Do you want to do some yoga? Do you want to just take a walk? Do you want to yeah. do the burpees? Great. Let's do it. Um, because after a while, when you get into, um, the habit of doing those things, your body like starts to desire and crave challenge. Like, okay, Colleen, we've walked 10 uh, or we've walked every morning for 10 mornings. Like, can we start running? Like, this is boring. Uh, at least that's how my, my brain functions. But, um, so we give it the freedom to take an off day without shame. We take out the shame in, uh, the way that we think about movement. And then later in the day when I'm like, Hey body, can I have this quote, uh, insert, uh, food that I think is bad for myself? Um, body's like, yeah, I can handle that. I know how to process it. And Hey, we moved our body. We moved us (laughs) this morning. And, um, and there's, there's no more shame in both the exercise and the eating. Mm. Um, it's just freedom. And so, um, that includes me making healthy 
choices uh, in terms of making sure I have protein, making sure I have fruits and veggies and all and carbs. Um, but then also giving myself the freedom to celebrate my friend and have a piece of birthday cake and yes, maybe okay. have two. I think that's great. Like it's all about balance and um, making sure that you you're not swinging um, too far on either side. So that that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think the most interesting part of what you're saying, what I, I hear is when you talk about the idea of shame around it, right? Removing that that thought from the process changes the way that you look at it because that is very normal mm-hmm. r- right now, especially in exercise culture that's like, the idea of that is the motivating factor, mm-hmm. right? To yeah. be like, okay, you don't want to be this, so you have to be this. Mm-hmm. That's where it gets really dangerous because mm-hmm. now, like we talked about earlier, you have those negative reinforcing factors that you're trying to steer away from, and yeah. you can get pulled back in very easily when you're saying, I don't want to be this, instead of thinking about what you do actually want, yeah. which might be a healthy mind, which might be a positive outlook on who you are, which might be any of those number of things. Right, right. right. So, gosh, yeah, that's that's wild to me. And when I'm I'm curious what your thoughts are too on. So when you talk about like body positivity, is, is that something that that comes up in your book? It is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, that's that's uh, I think it's a really it's really being brought into kind of the forefront of culture right now. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's important that we're doing that Mm -hmm. and having more positivity. And there's a lot of people that kind of spread this, like, I I feel like everything has this terrible misinformation campaign that comes along with it on the opposite side of what you're doing, where everybody's like, body positivity is bad because it's just going (laughs) to cause everybody to be like, no one's going to actually care. They're just going to like so much of who they are that Mm -hmm. they don't try to make themselves better. And and there's like that crazy thought to it. What is like... is that something that you just shut out and don't even entertain as like a thought? What do you deal with? How do you deal with those conversations? Because it's something that's out there. It's real, right? It sucks, yeah. but it is, it exists still. So for people that hear that, like when that's being projected on the o- other side of it, is, is it something you shut out? Is it something that you have a counterpoint to that you think is worth mm-hmm. fighting against? Yeah. And I, I think it comes down to what's motivating the message because they have a point like we y- yeah. it's it's balance all over again we don't want to get too far on the left or the right sure. um but uh but some if we can find a place in the middle but still ask ourselves what's the motivating um yeah what's driving that what's motivating that um is it fear is it mm-hmm. shame because their message has truth to it but is it driven by shame is it driven by fear a lot of times uh, this is off topic but uh not off topic but whatever Um, (laughs) you're fine (laughs) i sometimes i realize that oh i actually like what i look like right now but i am so afraid of what i would look like in 10 years that i'll beat myself up now so that i I keep myself from becoming this person that i'm afraid of and so if fear is driving my decisions that's not a great motivator because a that's horrible that sounds really depressing no it's a a tough way to live right it's a tough way to live exactly and it's not gonna um fear and shame is not does not drive positive change Mm. it it just uh creates um uh disgust for yourself for the the choices that you make i mean the list goes on so um i think take those messages and boil them down to what's the what's the motivator what's the driver behind that message and can i trust that 
Well, it's it's almost if your constant thought process is this fight against yourself, you might win the battle at some point in time and be able to use that motivating factor to a limit. But at the end of the day, you're still fighting yourself. So you're beating yourself up and there will be a time when that can't go any longer because you've continued to and as someone who has done that quite a bit, I think we could all relate, right? Hands up. Yeah, yeah. We've all been that person. And it makes it, you're, and it sounds like from what you're telling me, this story isn't from, this is a, a part of an experience that you have had, that you've lived through both sides of that, right? So trying to, f I know for me, I've said this before, but the reason that I exercise is less for my body and nowadays and more for my mental health. Absolutely. Um, I know that there are both physical benefits for me going and being able to try and reduce, like especially, I, like I said, I suffer with anxiety, so being able to go out and get to the gym helps me burn some of that, mm -hmm. um, and, and there are as part of that. And then having that, you mentioned the routine aspect, and I think that that's an important part for people that are struggling to get on the path in a healthy way, because I think that that's a conversation worth having, is how do, how do I work and do this in a way that isn't going to be negative because it's like it seems like everything now is like when you think about it you're like oh there is a downside to this like my, my friend last week was telling me about how when they read a lot they have an addictive personality and they will mm -hmm. sometimes read for 12 hours a day they could get so oh. enthralled and or like so into this mm -hmm. that it can take over your whole life so with anything that level of moderation and balance is so important right. because something that is healthy funny thing they talked about exercise too mm -hmm. how they got really really into exercise as a coping mechanism to cover up other issues in their life where Ooh. they just you, you know they did so much of it to the point where they were exercising an unhealthy amount when you're going to the gym two times a day for six hours a day you full know job. like <laughs> all, all yeah right a full-time job and this is like an everyday occurrence this Crazy. isn't like a and they're not training for anything they're not this isn't like it wasn't their job you know it's not like they that is actually their profession where maybe like you know to whoever wants to, who does that thing like maybe if you're like bodybuilding or you're a professional athlete yeah that might make sense at some point in your life to be doing that but if <laughs> if you're not <laughs> if you're not then like why are you doing it what are you what are you trying to what are you trying to fight? Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the point of everything that I was saying there is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good because I think yeah. it, like it's it's the motivating factor of like, yeah. okay, the outward action could be seen as good of like, yes, it's good to move our bodies. And okay, but let's make sure that we're not doing so to numb ourselves from something that needs to be pressed into. Um, do we need to journal about it? If yes. so, you've come to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I think that's great. And I, I, I love that it can be a conversation. I, everybody, it seems like almost like everyone I talk to has had some experience with therapy now too, which has been really, really helpful for a lot of people That's being great. able to have those conversations and work things out in yep. a more healthy manner. Because I mean, 23 or 24 years old, 24, 24. So I, I'm curious, like even the the difference, because I think about when I was a kid and growing up, and like some of the things that were normal then that I'm like, crap, if someone did that now, like that would be like really, really yeah, uncalled yeah. for. So <laughs> I'm very hopeful for like future generations, and like you said, instilling those positive messages is so important because though it might not seem like it at times, and though there is a lot of negative things in society as a whole, we're working through, we're still making some progress. Mm -hmm. The tough part is we always want it faster than 
than, yeah. it, than the time it actually takes, right? Yeah. And uh, that's human. That is true. <laughs> uh, but I wonder if slow growth is sustained growth. And so mm-hmm. maybe we can hold on to that as we slowly watch society start to turn the page. But we can do it. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a collective effort. I love it. And I think that that change in image and on a large scale is so important because it removes the personal accountability is great but having there are things in your life that you're not accountable for because you as a person don't select what your body in this in this uh, you know example looks like mm-hmm. so whatever even you at your healthiest you don't really pick <laughs> you know you don't really have that right. choice we just get to be who we are mm-hmm. so having the societal change and knowing that like because people do that. It's it's a it's a terrible thing, but people think, okay, if there's someone who might be struggling with their weight or someone who may just, you know, be a bigger person, you go out to eat and you see them eating and then there's judgmental thoughts that mm-hmm. people have and that's a sad thing. And mm-hmm. being able to change that on a level where we're not judging people for the way that they look and start having more value on your thoughts and who you are as a person because at the end of the day, um, it doesn't affect you. Yeah. <laughs> it, does. it doesn't. It doesn't affect the person that you know it, it affects the, the only person that you affect is you exactly <laughs> so trying to have this thought on everybody else is just a crazy crazy thing right and i think too like when you think about y- are the great movers and shakers of the world no one's asking them how much they weighed no there's no rec- record of that i have no <laughs> idea like what harriet tubman what her body shape was and i don't care no it doesn't I'm just matter for her. <laughs> it doesn't matter at the end of the day that yeah. wasn't part of it so gosh that's that's cool now we've talked about i mean a couple things where you said you know the body image stuff the idea of i guess makeup falls into that too mm-hmm. are there any other important hot topics that you have that it whether it's in the book that you're working on or in life that you have some kind of passion around that you feel has helped you find more of who you are as a person colleen because i think that that's really one of the other things that i love to share with people is right now the the theme of this show is finding yourself and finding out who you are as a person do you feel like where you're at in your life right now you have a good understanding of who you are and what you do and what you want <laughs> Isn't that the million dollar question? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think a huge like tool in that has been the Enneagram. Can we talk about it? Ooh, yeah, let's get into okay. it. Okay. Awesome. Okay, so what do you know about it? So I'm I'm relatively new to this space. So all I know is a little bit about my personality type, okay. which I am a two, which I think is more of like what are they what is that? The helper. Helper, yeah. yeah. So I'm very, I, I know a little bit about that personality type. Tell me about yours because I don't know much about it. Okay, great. Well, for those of you who don't know, the Enneagram mm-hmm. is basically a personality test, um, but it's a little bit different than some of like the Myers-Briggs or Strength Finders um, disc assessments because it um, analyzes your motivations and like innate desires and fears mm-hmm. o- over your actions. So really everyone on the Enneagram, no matter which number you are, could all do the same exact action, but for different reasons. And that's why I think it's so fascinating because it doesn't like put you in this little box that you're like forced to be in. Um, It's more so it's a little bit more intrusive because you read your description. You're like, oh, no, (laughs) that's me. The motivation behind it, though, right? That's the the part Mm -hmm. that I really enjoyed. And for anybody that's out there like thinking about it, take it because understanding what motivates you and how you make your decisions, you probably already know. But when it's written down in front of you, 
man, it's it's <laughs> eye opening because you start to think about that in everyday life in like okay how I and then there's actually so it a little bit more and you might have been just about to say this but I'm excited so uh, one a little bit more about it is there's also like levels of how you know how healthy you are in this in this scale of you know are you a one two through is it like one through nine I think is the number or something like that yeah how how you deal with things so there's like a tier system almost of where you're at there yeah um, which is cool because then you can almost see a little bit of a growth pattern and it's not exact but it does give you ideas of in certain situations how you might react yeah yeah no you hit the nail on the head um and and each each number has um an area of health and an area of stress so you you like um move to another number in either health or stress and so and you take on either the positive or negative obviously qualities of that number um and so it's interesting because we're all kind of connected and um all nine numbers make up this perfect human of you know, this well-rounded you know <laughs> perfect individual but um yeah and another aspect of it is that you have your like default number but then you have a wing and so um the 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 default number is kind of what you operate out of the most and then the wing is one of the next door neighbors that is kind of um uh, uh has a stronger part of your personality but it's not exactly uh your your you know default so anyways if you're a uh, one you can be a wing two or a wing nine you can only wing the numbers next door some people say oh i love the enneagram i'm a four wing seven and i go oh no that doesn't exist <laughs> that doesn't as an exist. option <laughs> so i just smile and nod um uh. <clears throat> but so my number is i'm a three wing four okay. and uh <laughs> basically that just means that um i am a high achieving goal-oriented efficient, productive, let me cross everything off the list, uh, charmer, encourager, cheerleader, who also, so that's a three, who um, with the wing four is this creative uh, desire to be unique, don't put me in a box, um, I see metaphors everywhere and art and beauty and everything, um, and very melancholy in my feels person. <laughs> so um, yeah, the Enneagram has been really crucial in helping me understand why sometimes, again, it's not a one-size-fits-all, but sure. a lot of times why I do the things that I do and uh, even sometimes more important, why someone else is doing perhaps the things that they're doing uh, because it gives me compassion and empathy um, when I can understand the motivation behind the action that may have hurt me or the, the action that I don't really understand or the action that um, I could be offended by. So, um, yeah, it's really helpful. That's such an important tool to be able to understand um, I actually was reading a book recently on uh, attachment styles and relationships too, which is another another fun one. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's kind of that same vein of being able to understand the motivation behind something that may be upsetting to you or might be difficult for you to deal with, or you know, no, no matter what it is, just being able to have that better understanding of life. I feel like that helps us understand who we are as people more. And it's all part of that development cycle that's a very healthy development. You can experience that you can do those things and you learn a little bit so for a little bit more of an example um how do you think that your personality style with the enneagram has played into some of your personal decision making and life choices Ooh. um that's a good question i think it's helped me understand uh, and have compassion on myself for the things that i once like shamed myself for um and 
for example, grieving. Um, <laughs> grieving is something that uh, fours really love to do because they believe that there's like something at the end of the grief that some discovery, some self awareness uh, that they could tap into um, if they just sit in it long enough. Mm. Um, and like feeling the feels is uh, maybe there could be beauty that comes out of it. Like maybe I could write a poem because of it or, you know, craft, craft the sculpture, not me, but um, mm. someone else could. And, um, and so I think, uh, you know, being younger and less self-aware I pushed away my feelings because I thought that uh, don't be dramatic and um, you know, you just got to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and press on um, and achieve the next thing as a three um, and, and realizing, wait a second, I do have a desire to sit in those feelings. And uh, the more I shame myself for feeling those things, the more unhealthy I will become and I'll just be this like bubble that continues to grow and grow and grow of, of feelings if I'm not processing through mm. them and as sooner or later I'm going to burst. Um, and so giving myself permission to, to sit in those feelings and, and then uh, to make art out of them and to yeah. find that art um, as, as valuable. Um, that's really been like the biggest thing as of lately i guess i should say but what is the art that you are making out of that Ooh, um sometimes that's dance okay um sometimes it's writing um definitely poetry poetry is something that i don't i don't ever really share um okay. but it's because i don't think i'm very good at it <laughs> um but it is like beautiful to me uh -huh. and um it really is only birthed after big hurt and so you know oh i don't do it very often but um yeah so writing poetry uh dance um and even um you can make art in your mind mm. uh and so you know seeing your experience or situation and, and finding like the metaphor the meaning behind it or um like allowing that to be art not even producing anything just sitting in a thought is still art I, and i think that I think that the personality style that you're describing definitely lends itself to a lot of artistic people because I know for a fact that like at a much higher rate, people that are more on the side of, you know, more artistic also tend to struggle with anxiety, depression, things like that a lot because yeah. may, may, it might be grief, it might be something else, but there is something that is... It, it's an outlet. It's a release almost for those really very difficult feelings a yeah. lot of times. So it's it's beautiful, but it is also kind of dangerous in a way that it, it could is. be scary because there's uh, there can be a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Do you think that with when you talked about your personality style and you know trying to not s get stuck in grief, mm. do you think that part of you know your interest in what b be it body image your book whatever is centered around being able to help protect other people from experiencing the things that you felt and dealt with and worked through hmm. yeah i um i think i i envisioned myself when i envisioned myself at the very lowest point of those struggles it's almost as if i f was at the bottom of this like deep deep well and instead of like looking up and, and finding a way out, I just kept digging yeah. <laughs> further down into the center of the earth. Oh um, and uh, 
I, so I see like the body image in the the book and the whatever this <laughs> podcast yeah as a way to wait a second I found the cracks in the brick and I I um well I believe that the Lord pulled me out of the well but um no matter what you believe I got out of the well and yeah. I turned around and I saw someone else down there and so I this is just me sticking out my hand right and um if I hadn't felt um the grief in such a way that allowed me to make art. Um, uh, I'm sure that person might have gotten out of the well in a different way, but maybe mm. not as soon, you know. And um, what an honor to have a part in someone else's well escape. <laughs> <laughs> in someone's well. <laughs> no, that's great. And and I mean, it comes back to it comes back to society as a whole. Like we have an ability to help people, and it almost I I see I, I love this show specifically because it seems to pull the type of people in that have a real interest in helping. Mm. And now my side of this being from my personality type. Yeah. Can I being ask you questions? Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go, 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 go. Wait, Let's were go. you going to say something before that? Um, I was just going to talk about the being a helper personality type. One of the, n one of the struggles that I, I didn't know that I was having, but after like seeing this and like thinking about the past 10 years of my life or so, mm -hmm. I was so one of the negative sides of being a helper is like the people pleasing aspect mm -hmm. where you can really, really get involved in that. And then the super unhealthy part is creating an expectation out of others because you help them that you think you're owed something now. <laughs> so that's where it could get really ugly really fast. Yeah. You've got this idea of like, okay, I did all this great stuff. Why isn't why am I not getting payback yet? Why is like I did something good? Can you hear me up there? Right, like, right. Uh, where is my good thing? Yeah. <laughs> so getting out of that mindset and being able to act in, you know, a, a manner that's more conscious of that thought and knowing, okay, you no one owes you anything. <laughs> to start off with, no one owes you anything, and when you do things, you don't get something in return because of that. You can do things just because you actually want to make a difference in helping someone and you can make that choice for you. Mm. If that's something that helps you as a person by doing that, do it. Mm -hmm. And there is, I it's a tough battle for me because I do get a joy out of it as well. So, but it's, it's a line that I have to watch where I'm taking care of myself. So then I, I talk about self care a lot because I know for me, I want to portray to people that have people pleasing tendencies that if you can't put yourself first in some, some situations in most situations, and you can't, you know, you, the, the idea you can't pour from an empty cup, right? You right. you have to have yourself taken care of before you can go and do those great things to help everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, so I, anyway, that's my little ramble on that. But you, <laughs> did you have some questions for me? Shoot. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you encapsulated the mm -hmm. vibe of a two perfectly. How I'm going to do these things for you, but now I, like the the yep. um, the turn of it is, well, what are you going to do back for me? Yes. Or aren't like. Were you going to say thank you three times? Because I only heard it twice. Yes, so I'm confused yes. like where we're missing each other here. <laughs> um, so I think another part of it is like finding their identity in what mm. they can do for people instead of like who they are. Yes. Oh, your eyeballs <laughs> lit yes. up. Where have you seen that in your life and um, how have you fought that? So instead of so that you said instead of working through what I can do for others to to create my identity, what I can do for like work on myself that so the biggest difference in the past year is where I really started to get into this more. And 
instead of focusing so much on all of the things, this was such an incredibly hard thing for me to do. And part of why I left the previous, so I, I work in real estate and the group I was working with, part of why I left that was because a lot of my motivation behind what I was doing, I found wasn't for myself. I felt like for the group I was working with, I owed them that I had to do things. I was part of a coaching program and I felt like there was a lot of accountability, but I wasn't doing it for me at one point. And I started to, the way that I noticed was actually super unhealthy. I got severely depressed. I got severely anxious to the point where I wasn't functioning as a human anymore. And I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. So I started deconstructing every aspect of my life and going, okay, well, I'm going to eliminate this part of my work and I'm going to go do this on my own. I'm going to get rid of the coach that I've been paying because right now, even though they're giving me great advice, I'm not taking it and I'm not doing it for me. Mm. And then it even affected my personal relationships because I had been in a very long-term relationship that I found out a lot of what I was doing was I wasn't leaving because I didn't want to upset them. Mm. So in probably about the most unhealthy way I could realize it is how I got there. And it almost took a pile of negative experiences and reaching this really low spot where I had to go and start building back up and hence the birth of what this is Hello. where I started talking to myself a bunch all the time yeah. and recording it. I, I, <laughs> I start, for it. no, it, it was, it was, it's been so incredibly helpful yeah. because it helped me work through those thoughts. And then I did a lot of solo travel this past summer where if, you know, sometimes it was with a small group of friends or sometimes it was just on my own, but I got out and I was doing things in just reconnecting with people I haven't talked to in a long time. I tried so many different interests. I was just doing things like no matter what, like s some of them didn't make sense. I would just go and be like, am I into longboarding today? I think I'm going to do that. It seems <laughs> like, that seems really freeing. I haven't, I've never been kayak. I haven't been kayaking in a while. Let's go out on the lake, like just anything. And then, and I would pick up random interests. I'm like, I things that I had like interest from my childhood, like mm -hmm. just anything. And I was just, sh I didn't stick with a lot of stuff, but there are a couple things. The show stuck. Some of my exercise routines, those stuck, but the idea of getting out there and trying all this stuff helped me start to quickly organize again, what my priorities are and who I was as a person. But it was hard because though I don't know if I, I, I don't know if this was the right decision or not, but to me, I needed it at that time. I had to eliminate every other thing that was putting outside influence in my life and just be with myself. Mm. And that required me to change my, you know, change my career path, change an, organiza an organization I was with for a long time. And I ended up leaving a very long relationship because of all those things. You know, there was obviously more factors than just those, sure. but, but those were when, when I'm talking about like from that personality side standpoint of it, that's kind of how it brought me there. Yeah. 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 So, so at, uh, that's a lot of change at once. It is. That's yeah. And it's good change, mm -hmm. uh, especially because it was a result of um, like self-actualization and just like sitting with yourself and, and uh, almost like ridding yourself of the distractions of outside forces and whatnot. Yeah. So, Ultimately, it was a good thing, mm -hmm. I'm perceiving. It is, absolutely. And uh, the question is, when it when you first stripped it all away and, like, changed your path, did yeah. you feel, like, empty? Was that a scary experience? Or was this, like, mountaintop, yes, I'm stepping into who I actually am? 
it wasn't instant because all of these things didn't happen exactly at the same time. It was over the course of probably six months okay. that I was kind of taking things apart. So it was a slow climb. Mm-hmm. There was a point, though, where I finally realized, like, after a lot of it was stripped away and I was actually starting to do the things that I liked, I and I don't know if the high felt so much higher because I was coming from such a low place and I was just getting back to normal. <laughs> and, you know, like, yeah. like you're climbing out of this, like, deep kind of, like, depress- depressive state and just getting normal feels incredible. Right, so, right. like, I think I, I recognized it one day when I was on a run and I – like was almost crying because I was so happy because it, it just like looked really pretty out. And mm-hmm. I, I just remember this feeling of like seeing how there, there's like this like little pond kind of by my house and seeing how like the light came through the trees at the time and how I felt about my life at that point. And it was starting to feel appreciation again for little things in mm-hmm. life, which I had, I felt like I had lost so much of that gratitude because I just had, it was like a weight I was carrying around. Yeah. So finally like recognizing it being gone that took time Mm -hmm. but when it got there it didn't feel like it took time it felt like it had happened overnight but when i look back at it it was it was a process yeah yeah Yeah. how did you stay patient in that process when you're waiting for that mountaintop gratitude experience i wasn't (laughs) (laughs) i I wasn't patient i got to the point it was almost the opposite where i was so i was at such a bad spot when it when the progression started that i felt like i was in a corner and i didn't have another option like it was like i said it probably wasn't the healthiest start to to the way to (laughs) to get into this because it wasn't from a place where you know i it was from a place where i was like i can't do this anymore like Mm -hmm. i can't keep going down this path because there's nothing here for me yeah you know and i felt i was being inauthentic with who i was as a person Mm -hmm. i felt like i wasn't living the life that I wanted. And I, this is a little bit of a morbid, morbid thought. I love morbid. (laughs) So (laughs) I, 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 this is a visualization exercise. I don't recommend everyone do, (laughs) but uh, I, I, or maybe you should. Um, (laughs) I, I thought about if I kept going the way that I was going, if I live my life the way that I was exactly as I was today, if I'm exactly doing the same thing in three, five, 10 years from now, am I okay with that? Hmm. And the answer was an emphatic no. Mm. I'm not okay with that. So progression was needed, and I knew something had to be done. I definitely made some mistakes along the way and probably did some things that, like, you know, when I'm talking about, like, eliminating things or, like, dropping out of things, I I may have been able to do it in a more tactful way. I may have been able to do things differently that might have been better, but the reality is that I had to do something and, you know, change isn't always super pretty and glamorous and we're gonna you know we're gonna make mistakes we're gonna fuck up a little bit along the way like it's gonna happen so it it, it was kind of owning that and knowing that like this isn't gonna be perfect i just have to start doing yeah and that was that was an important thought Hmm. yeah what a beautiful this isn't gonna be perfect i just have to start doing that's great it's it's messy and it's weird and a lot of people i know myself included can struggle with perfectionism of it like we i'm a chronic overthinker comes with the anxiety <laughs> that i <laughs> yeah it's a, yeah it's just a nice little bonus Package deal. yeah <laughs> yeah it, they threw it right in there i didn't even have to pay for it or anything um but it's that you have those you know those moments of overthinking and being able to say okay 
I need to start working and making some progress, even if it's not great, mm -hmm. even if it's just something. It's that one step a day. Yeah. You know, the next right thing. Getting out and taking, you know, you might not be able to do the thing that you want right away, but can I can I do a little bit? I always use exercise as a metaphor because when I was really, really depressed, the way that I started trying to like get because I knew I knew in my mind that there was part of that that would help with me getting out of that mental space. Mm. I started with I would just try and walk to the mailbox first. Yes. Like I would start with like, OK, can I go a couple extra steps the next day? Can the first week I think that I was and this is freaking crazy to me when I'm looking back at it now my first goal I had a habit tracker and there was one thing on the list and I had this like bottle of water that had like times marked mm -hmm. off on it like when I'm yeah. when I should drink it and it was just like okay an hour passed I need to drink my water and that, I, that was <laughs> check but, and after doing the, in, the incredible crazy part is doing that for a week like gave me some little yeah. sense of accomplishment just a little step where it was enough to get a grasp on my life again and be like okay good i can start doing something and then the next was walking and by you know a few months later i'm a functional person again and i'm like okay great how did that happen that's and huge it, it's i mean to anybody that's struggling with that i i couldn't if there's any recommendation i had for anyone and you know if you're able to take it and you're able to do just some little incremental thing that's going to help you in a in a way it's it's worth it yeah it's so so worth it wow well, thanks for interviewing me a little bit. I don't I get to. It. I don't yeah. get. To, I don't always get it back. So I enjoy when somebody has questions that has something to ask. That's that's Happy super to do fun. It. Yeah, I'm Heck glad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I mean, we've covered a lot. So we've gotten to personality styles, and I know we fo focused a lot on ours. I, I, for anybody that is listening and wants to know more about it, like learn about yourself a little bit because, I, I mean, we could probably do a show on every single personality type <laughs> individually and i might Those at some exist. point like <laughs> yeah. right you get some more information on that but mm -hmm. yeah i i think that knowing how you act as a person and being able to kind of analyze a little bit of what you did in your past can help you write a roadmap for your future mm -hmm. and though we can't control everything i think that we do have an ability to to steer the ship in a direction it's not a straight path but you can mm -hmm. kind of point it where you want to go and things will happen along the way. You'll go off course, but you can you can get moving in that direction with some with some thought and with some application. Absolutely, amen. Period. <laughs> Huzzah! Period. He just did a punch <laughs> in the air. <laughs> awesome, Colleen. You've got to share so much awesome stuff with everybody today, and I think that you have this just amazing like light and energy that you bring. And I am so excited to share this conversation. Do you have any? parting words or additional things that you want to throw out there that we haven't covered yet that you think is just like something that I, I want to share with everybody that they really, you know, th that's going to be a, a message for anyone listening. My parting message uh, is that you are so loved more than you'll ever know. And um, anything that you are trying to define yourself by, whether that be body image or um, your achievements or another person or a job, I mean, the list goes on and on. Those things um, they're just going to leave you feeling empty. And so, um, don't, <laughs> don't chase after fleeting things. Um, and remember how loved you are. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for having me. This was fun. Heck yeah. I'm so happy that we got to talk about your journey and for everybody else. I mean, that's such a great message to be able to have that self love and really know that it's a journey, you know, we're all going through it on our own, on our own path. So Absolutely. 
I'll have you tagged on all the stuff. Is there anything yeah. that you that where people can find you at if they wanna if they wanted to know more or connect <laughs> with Colleen? Yeah, yeah. You can find me on Instagram, uh, Colleen <laughs> underscore Grace. I think there's three E's at the end of Grace. Gracie. Um, Gracie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I uh, put out uh, basically this, a lot of body image stuff, um, a lot of hilarious stories. Uh, check my story highlights if you're curious. Um, and uh, some funny videos as well. So, and Love obviously it. words that have weight because that's, that's what I like to do. But <laughs> yeah, happy Kelly, to connect on there. Thank you so, so much. I'll, I'll put all your tags on. And thanks to everybody for listening again today. Until the next one.